Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Jeff Hartman again, another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Welcome back to another show. It is Wednesday, it is hump day. Man, sometimes the days, the weeks, they just fly by. The NFL offseason is almost in full gear, full go, if that's what you want to call it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have been in offseason mode now for several weeks. It's The NFL is preparing for the Super Bowl, the stupid Pro Bowl. We'll get into that with the news. But other than that, the Pittsburgh Steelers are ready to go or preparing themselves for the NFL offseason that consists of the free agency period starting in March. March 13th is the tampering period. March 15th is a new league year. And, of course, the end of April, the, the coup de grace that is the NFL draft. It's going to be exciting, and I know we'll be with you every step of the way. My Let's Ride podcast doesn't go anywhere, so my Ride or Die crew knows where to find me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Today we're going to be talking about the salary cap because that's some big news. we got the mailbag coming up in the second half, but let's hammer out some of the other news first. First and foremost, Cam Hayward. Cameron Hayward, Captain Cam as I call him, he is in the NFL Pro Bowl. Yay, I know, I know. It's not even a Pro Bowl game anymore. It's like Pro Bowl festivities, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's in as Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs will prepare for the Super Bowl, so he is now in. He joins Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick has been in from day one. T.J. Watt was in from day one. T.J. Watt backed out. So the Steelers now have two participants in the festivities. That's what we're going to call them now, the Pro Bowl festivities. It's not the Pro Bowl game anymore. It's because they don't play a game. It's like flag football. For crying out loud, which I give a lot of credit, though, Josh Allen is playing golf instead. He's playing in the Lake Tahoe Pro-Am. I believe that's what's coming up this weekend instead of going to the Pro Bowl. Good for you, Josh. I'd do the same flipping thing. Uh, nonetheless, that's some news. Also, a topic I touched on Monday. When will the Steelers be in another AFC Championship game? I did this as a question on the website. You can check us out, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We hope to be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers there on the website. And I asked the audience, our, our readers, when do they think the Steelers will be in another AFC Championship game? You want to get my thoughts, go back and listen to that show on Monday. But otherwise, here's what our audience thought. I was I was absolutely stunned by this so the options were next season one to two years three to four years or five plus years had over a thousand votes those that voted next season only 68 votes seven percent one to two years 41 percent 
402, 402 votes roundabout. These are coming in as I go. If I refresh the page, the numbers would be different. 34%, though, I was stunned by this. 34% said three to four years. Three to four years. That's how long they think it's going to take for the Steelers to be in another AFC Championship game. And a whopping 18%, over 150 votes, said it's going to be five years or more. Man, those are some pessimistic Steeler fans out there. I know you all exist. Trust me, I know you all exist. But still, man, five-plus years, I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. Like I said, you want to get my take, go back and check out the show on Monday. But everyone, the big news was, I think it was Tuesday, the salary cap is released for 2023, and it is up from 208 to 224.8. So that's right. The new 2023 NFL salary cap is $224.8 million. And you know, Steeler fans saw that and they're just thinking, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. But you got to pump the brakes a little bit. This is when I rely on people like Dave Schofield. Dave is a smarter guy than me, especially when it comes to numbers. He knows so much more about this type of stuff than I do. I am not a salary cap guru. I don't claim to be a salary cap guru. What I do is I read articles like Dave writes, and then I gain information from that. Okay, so let me just give you a little bit of a breakdown. While it is $224.8 million, which is official, and at $16.6 million higher than last year, And when you think about when it came down from 2021, but remember when they had the dip, the COVID year, that's $42.3 million higher. We we all saw this coming over the cap saw it coming, sport track saw it coming. Based on the new TV deals that were done, this was expected. And they're going to have another big TV deal coming up into the next year, 2024, when they sign that new deal for Sunday Ticket with YouTube TV. So there's a lot of money being handed out here. But it's also worth noting that you also have to talk about rollover money. That's really important. So if you don't use money in a particular year, just like the old school uh, cell phone deals where if you, you know, the texts roll over and the calls and the minutes and all that stuff, same with the salary cap. You don't use it, it gets rolled over. The Steelers will roll over roughly $4 million. So now, again, Steeler fans, they think, cha-ching, 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 ching, ching, and they're thinking, wow, we get to spend all this money. Well, not so fast. Let's pump the brakes. So when you look at Dave's article, who he outlines it beautifully on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, the estimated salary cap, 224.8, or that is not estimated, that is the salary cap. Then you adjust it due to the $4.4 million rollover. Now you combine those, you have $229 million in space. Now you look at the dead cap hit that's differing between over the cap and sport rack. We're going to call it $6 million even because over the cap's 5.9, sport rack's 6.4. We'll call it right down the middle at six. Now you look at the estimated current salary cap space. It depends on which sites you look, but it's not as much as you think based on the fact that you have all these other contracts that are still going on. You have uh, all these new reserve and future contracts that are going to be there. This What it comes down to is the Steelers are going to have a half a million dollars in cap space as we sit here right now Wednesday on February 1st. Yes, that's right. You heard it correctly that the Steelers right now Sitting on a half a mil. Not, yeah, a half a mil. (laughs) It's not good. That isn't good. But there's a way to create 
space. I'm going to run these down for you. These are the names Dave has in the article. I don't want to feel like I'm reading it to you, but I am reading it. William Jackson III, if the Steelers cut ties with William Jackson, they would save themselves $12.1 million in zero money in terms of dead money, zero dollars. So they would free up $12 million just like that. Boom, drop of a hat. Mitch Trubisky, they cut ties with old Mitch, old uh, Bisky business. They would save themselves $8 million with a $2.6 million dead cap hit. Miles Jack could save them $8 million as well with a $3.25 million dead cap hit. Akello Witherspoon, $4 million, $1.4 dead cap hit. Levi Wallace, almost the same. It, it actually is the same exact thing. $4.4 million savings, a $1.4 million dead cap hit. Montrevious Adams, $2.5 million, just under a $1 million in dead money. Miles Killebrew would save him $2 million. $0.4 million in dead money. And then Gunnar Olszewski would save him $2 million with 0.6 in dead money. So give, let me give you a scenario. If, you know, let's assume they're going to cut William Jackson. If they cut William Jackson, that's $12 million, like I said, like that. If they somehow, someway, eventually decide to cut ties with Mitch Trubisky, whether they trade him, whether he gasps for his release and they give it to him, that frees up $8 million. However, it's also important to note that that $8 million could be, and it's not going to be a full $8 million because of the dead hit. Witherspoon would be four. He has a 1.4 hit, and obviously Gunnar Olszewski is $2 million with 0.6. Roughly, you're going to have about $10 million in savings. So if you cut William Jackson, if they end up cutting ties with Mitch Trubisky, I'm not saying they should, but if they cut ties with Trubisky, cut ties with Witherspoon and Gunnar Olszewski, just like that, you could have freed up over $20 million over $20 million that you could be saving there. That's significant. That's a significant amount of money. And the one thing also is that I've said this all along, and I talked about Omar Khan on Monday's show, how his job isn't done. If there's one area of this job that I trust Omar Khan more than anything else, it's contracts. So if the Steelers are able to free up $20 million in salary cap space, then I say, hey, Omar Khan, you want to bring these guys in? Let's see you work your magic. This is your bread and butter. This is your wheelhouse, okay? Go out and get these guys. I don't care if it's Larry Ogunjobi, Terrell Edmonds, Demonte KZ, our own, or outside the organization free agents. It doesn't matter. Go out there and get them, bring them in, and then work your magic. I often wonder, has Omar Khan, in terms of what he can do, has he been handcuffed with Kevin Colbert? Think about it. The Steelers never messed with void years until they had to when in 2021 the salary cap decreased to $182.5 million. He never had to. The Steelers rarely ever gave any contracts out with major incentives, but they did with Mitch Trubisky. I'm starting to wonder if now this is going to be different with Omar Khan, at least from a contractual standpoint. Not that he's going to build void years into contracts when they sign him. No, I'm not suggesting that. But that he's willing to do things that maybe have been done around the NFL for a long time, but the Steelers have avoided doing them for whatever reason. But it's not just so much creating the space. I think that's one of the problems that the Steelers fan base has. I mean, think about it. 
it's always going to go up. In 2019, the, the salary cap was $188 million. 2020, it goes up $10 million to 198 2021, it goes down for the first time since having a salary cap. It goes down to 182 2022, it balloons up to 208 Now it's up to 224 It's going to keep going up, folks. Barring another catastrophe like they had in 2020 and the 2021 revenue not being there, yeah, they're gonna. It's gonna keep going up. So they're gonna have money. Omar Khan's gonna be able to create space. What do they do with the money? Is key. The positions that they approach. How much are they willing to spend? You have to save some of that cap space for things like injuries. People forget this all the time. And I know Dave Schofield because I do a, I do a show every week with him on Thursday night, and I listen to his stat geek. He has to remind people all the time, look, folks, you have to understand that you have to keep a certain amount of cap space in your bank account so that you can pay for things like injury settlements. You can pay for things like new players that have to be brought in, practice squad elevations, all of that costs money. So if you're thinking, wow, the Steelers created $20 million by cutting ties with uh, William Jackson III, Mitch Trubisky, Akella Witherspoon, and Gunnar Olszewski, that's awesome. You're also going to have to bring in players to replace those players as well. So what they do with the money, how much money they create is going to be really interesting. It's going to be one of those things to keep your eye on this offseason. But when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I feel as if they can't just sit pat, but I also don't want them to go out and spend frivolously either. They need to be conscious of the situation at hand and the players that they bring in, are they worth it? And I'll be honest, if they were to say, you know what, we're going to bring back Larry Ogunjobi, we're going to pay him handsomely, we're going to pay Terrell Edmonds back handsomely as well, and we're going to give Cam Sutton a fair offer and hopefully he takes it. If that was all they did in free agency, I wouldn't be upset. I honest, I honestly wouldn't. And then if they wait until after the draft and then they maybe pick up a few players that are still on the open market that need a home, then they do that. I don't think the Steelers need to break the bank here. I, I just think they need to be smart. They have a lot of high draft stock. Do it the right way. And this is going to be the one place, like I said earlier, the one area of Omar Khan's job that I am 100% confident in his capabilities. Get the contracts done. Do the money part of this the way that you've always maybe wanted to do it. This is going to be key. What does it mean for the Steelers? They're going to have to create that space, folks. It's not there. If you saw that report, whether hopefully it was on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com about the salary cap increasing, and you're thinking, oh, man, Steelers have all this space. No, they don't. They don't. Not after signing all these players to reserve contracts, 90-man offseason roster, doing all this other stuff. You know, they're going to have to make some moves. So make sure you're staying tuned to us here on the podcast network as well as on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because we're going to have everything for you. All right, in the second half of this podcast, I am going to dive headfirst into the mailbag segment. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the podcast. It is Wednesday. That means it's time for the mailbag segment. All you have to do to find me on Twitter, and you don't have to follow me. I get it. But you got to find the account. It's at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And all you have to do is every Tuesday morning, I put out a tweet. I had to do it really early on Tuesday. My apologies, but with work, I just wanted to get it out there, and then I retweeted it around midday. 
All you have to do is respond to the tweet, and I will answer it. So let's get head first. Let's, let's go. Head first. Let's do this. Brian Haynes asked several. First question, with the signings for head coaches and defensive coordinators being released so rapidly now, do you think Flores is back next season, or is he too wanted to stay? So, yeah, what he's referring to is, like, um, I think it's D'Amico Ryan uh, is now the Houston Texans head coach. Uh, there's rumors that uh, Sean Payton is going to be the next coach of the Denver Broncos, and that's exciting for them, except they're going to have to trade and give some draft capital to the Saints. Uh, that That's crazy. I guess, to me, that's crazy, but... You know, a lot of these places that have D.C. openings, they're going to wait. They're going to pause. I'm not going to say the Flores will or won't be back based on the fact that there's just there's so much stuff that can still change. So let's go to the next question from Brian. Can you imagine an offense with Muth and Mike Mayer? Would you use number 32 for him? Uh, this is a, a topic of an article that will be out today, Wednesday, at 930. Shannon White talks about... Uh, this individual that you're speaking of, the tight end, it's the only reason I know who this guy is because I edited the article. And he talks about how those two with Matt Canada's run-heavy offense would be really, really nice. Would be the end of the road for Zach Gentry in Pittsburgh. But still, I, I tell you what, it, it number 32, maybe, I don't know. This is tough. It's, it's really tough. Let's wait and see how things play out with free agency first. Another one from Brian. What outlet do you prefer for your news other than BTSE, of course. So my news, uh, I'm gonna be if I'm bit, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Okay, so you're you're the ride or die crew, and I feel like we we've got this connection. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't read any other sources. I don't read any other sites. I don't have time in my day to do any of that. And so I, I cover the Steelers the best that we can here at BTSE on the website. And I want to make sure that website is up to date. I want to make sure our podcasts are fresh and new and fun. That's a, that's a full-time job in and of itself. And I also have another full-time job and I have a father of five and a husband. So uh, on top of all that, you know, I just don't have time to read anywhere else. I follow on Twitter, so I see what's being written about on the Tribune Review, on the Post-Gazette, what's being said about the Steelers on a national level at ESPN and the NFL Network and all that stuff. But honestly, if I'm being honest, I just don't have time. Good questions, O'Brien. Thank you. Doc M said, what does this team do on a quote-unquote championship level? Is it reasonable to expect enough improvement to get to a Super Bowl? And lastly, win a Super Bowl? That's a great question. And maybe I'll do an entire podcast on this topic, and that is what do the Steelers do right now on a championship level? That is tough. And you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to hope. Doc, keep tuned into this channel with Let's Ride. I'm going to do that, if not Friday next week. For sure, I'm going to do that. I'm going to dive deep into that. I'm going to see where, what do the Steelers do at a championship level, if anything at all. And I'll answer the second part of your question in that podcast too, so make sure you stay tuned. Hey, the, these mailbag questions can turn into anything, so keep that in mind, folks. Corey Eckenroth, he asked a question. Do you think the lack of interest in Steelers coordinators that are not already established names like Flores and Munchak is a black eye on Tomlin's coaching legacy, or is it a non-story? You know, this is a narrative that is very common. And it's typically brought up with fans who, they don't like Mike Tomlin. It's another reason for them to say, this guy stinks. I don't like him. And it's it's a way to support their narrative. Look, I'm a writer, podcaster. When you have an idea, and I have an entire notebook from this season, I'm almost done with that, I'm going to start a new one soon, that is filled with show notes. And so when I have an idea... 
I have to then write that idea down and then I have to start developing my story. I have to start developing my talking points and I have to start developing this narrative. I have to start figuring out how am I going to make what I want to say, it's going to have to stand up on its own, but I got to support it. And so people that don't like Mike Tomlin, they do this stuff. They, they, they say, well, the non-losing season thing is a bunch of BS. Okay, I get it. He has no coaching tree. What's Bill Belichick's coaching tree look like? I mean, seriously. Romeo Cornell went, did nothing. Charlie Weiss, nothing. McDaniel has still has never done anything away from him. Matt Patricia sucked. So if you're talking about the fact that no one is even looking at them, okay, sure, uh, whatever. But if you're talking about the fact that his coaching tree has not been completely you know, ravaged by everyone, a la the, what was it, the, shoot, what was the coaching tree that had like Gruden and Andy Reid? I can't remember. I think that might have been Mike Holmgren and just turned out a bunch of different coaches or, or Shanahan's tree and, and all these coaches that came from similar trees. Look, I don't care about it. So for me, it is a non-story. People are just trying to find a way to really hate on Mike Tomlin, and that's fine. Those people are never going to be convinced of Mike Tomlin being the guy. Even if he wins a Super Bowl next year, they'll find a reason to hate him. That's okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Diego Fernandez, his Steelers will have around $50 million in cap space for next season, $30 million from this season. Dead, well, Diego, I hate to tell you this. I hope you listen to the first half. They don't have that much money. He said, but which positions uh, do the Steelers have to address in free agency? Which players from free agency you'd like to see in the black and gold next season? I think with this question, it, it comes down to the positional. I, I would love to see them, and I know I said that if they were to bring back Ogunjobi, Edmonds, and Sutton, I'd be happy, and I stand by those comments. But it's a position I want the Steelers to approach in free agency and I'm going to reference Jeffrey Benedict's podcast, the Cutting Room Floor podcast that ran on Tuesday morning. I'd love for them to bring in a wide receiver, a veteran that can work the slot, someone like Jarvis Landry if he were healthy. He wasn't healthy at all last year. I have no interest in bringing in an injury-prone aging veteran, but someone like that. Jeffrey always pointed to Juju Smith-Schuster before his knees started to go bad someone like that I'd love to see them do that because I don't really I'm not really keen on them going with a receiver early in the draft I don't think that's what they need and and Jeffrey Benedict's podcast kind of convinced me of that other than that I I think that you're going to see the majority of the team needs for the Steelers being addressed through the draft and and I'm fine with that Mitchell Gibbons said should the Steelers go after Javon Hargrave and free agency also if both are still at our first pick, Joey Porter or Jordan Addison. I think corner is bigger need, but the Steelers could get that at 32 or the second round or free agency. Pickett and Addison already have chemistry. All right, let's start with Javon Hargrave. I wrote this article on Tuesday for the website how the ESPN put out their list of the top 50 free agents, the top 50 free agents, in their opinion. Okay, it's one writer's opinion. Keep that in mind. And there was only one Steeler that made that list, Cam Sutton, at number 28. I think Javon Hargrave was third. I mean, they had him third on the list. So I think about what they paid Larry Ogunjobi. I think it was a one-year, $8 million contract. How much would it cost to bring in Javon Hargrave? It's not that the Steelers wouldn't want him. I think they would. I think they'd welcome him back with open arms. But you got to ask yourself, how much is it going to cost? And is it worth it? And can they address it otherwise? So I'm going to say, should they put in a phone call to his agent? Absolutely, they should. 
but at the same time, they have to be realistic. Like I said in the first half, be smart with your money. The next part of your question, if it's Joey Porter Jr. or Jordan Addison available at 17, um, I, I feel like the Steelers are going to go with a corner before a receiver. And the one thing, and I said this with Michael Beck, blue check back on Monday, I stole it from Chris Carter last Monday in my in my Monday morning conversation. And what, I, what Chris Carter said, and it really was a bulb going on in my head, a mind-blown moment, was there's always dynamic receivers in the draft. You could go back year after year and talk about players in terms, like give, give an example this year, you know, you had George Pickens, uh, Alave from the Saints, Wilson from the Jets. All these players come in and they are able to pick it up right away. You could talk Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They all had great dynamic rookie years. So it's one of those situations where I feel like receiver, you get that every year, but if you really like that corner, and you think he's a game-changing, defense-changing player, then I think you make that move. I really do. Good questions, though. Thank you, Mitchell. Brandon Colburn says, I've seen some rumors about the Steelers being among certain teams that have interest in acquiring Jalen Ramsey. How do you feel about the idea of them bringing him in as the number one guy at corner? I think getting Ramsey and picking up Porter Jr. in the draft would be a great move. In theory, and this is something Michael Beck said on my, on Monday, he, he said, I'm, I'm all about that trade. If you're going to get Jalen Ramsey, it's going to cost you some draft capital. And I'm sorry, I'm not willing to part ways with it. I would trade back to maybe get more picks. So maybe trade pick 32 to move back to 36 and then get another uh, second or third round pick. I would be okay with that. I'm not wanting to give up draft capital. I don't want to see an acquisition or a trade that is going to have the Steelers losing draft capital. So the the Rams, if they're trading Ramsey, they would want those draft picks. You know, they said F them picks. Well, they want them picks back now, don't they? So I'm not about to be the guy that gives them those. But yeah, Ramsey's a f- phenomenal talent. I'm not saying he isn't. I just don't think that's the way the Steelers go. Tyler asks, howdy, Jeff. What's the biggest positive going into this offseason? All right, I'm going to answer these one at a time. Um, the biggest positive, I think, was the offensive line continuity and, therefore, the running game. I think that was the biggest positive for me. Number two, do you see Pickett having a sophomore slump or a sophomore jump? Hmm. I think a sophomore jump. I think he experienced some of that slump. I think he learned a lot in 2022. I could see him taking a definite step forward uh, this upcoming year. Number three, do you feel a veteran wide receiver or a young stud rookie wide receiver would be more beneficial to Pickett's development and team success? I think that, you, like I said, get him that veteran slot cornerback, the reliable, going to be where he's supposed to be, can block. All the stuff that Jeffrey Benedict outlined in his podcast on Tuesday, that's what I want. Good questions. Tank asked several. First, when the Steelers draft six big guys in this draft, how upset will the fan base be to not see wide out corner and middle linebacker or outside linebacker next to any of the names, just tackle, defensive tackle, defensive ending guard? I won't be upset, but there, yes, there would be fans that would be very upset, and they would throw their hands in the air in disgust, and they say, well, they, I would say this too, but they'd say, I don't know any of these guys. And so, yeah, I could see them being a little uh, flustered. Tank also asked, if the Steelers draft a tackle or a guard at 17 and Addison's available at 32, would you take him? If Addison's there at 32, I would consider it. I really would. I don't think he's going to be there at 32 unless he tests really poorly. That's just the, I think it's the only way. 
Tank also asks, would you rather watch the Browns play the Bengals in the AFC Championship game or tell your family you quick off? Oh, this is easy. I'll tell my family I quick off, but I'm not going to quick off. What I say and what I do are two completely different things. I have no interest in watching the Browns and the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. I feel dirty just thinking about that. So thank you for putting that into my mind, Tank, and good questions as always. All right, we have a few more. Let's go with uh, Nathan Van Slyke, not related to my favorite baseball player as a kid, Andy Van Slyke. Nathan says, I'm listening to Colin Cowherd. My dad is making me listen. My apologies, Nathan. That must be miserable. And he's saying that the best teams in the league have an offensive-minded head coach. I'm still a big Tomlin supporter. What are your thoughts on this? All right, so let's just take a look at the Super Bowl. And you have Andy Reid, offensive-minded coach. Sirianni, I don't even know what that dude coached. I, I feel like that guy came out of nowhere. I know he has a coaching pedigree. I just don't know what it is. Uh, offensively with the Bengals, you have uh, – what is his name? I don't even forget. I, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I think that I see what everyone's approach is because they see a Sean McVay. They see Shanahan. They see all these guys that are X's and O's, and they're offensive gurus, and that's what you need. I still think there's a place for the defensive coach. But I think that when I think about Mike Tomlin, I'm trying to put this the best way possible. When I think about Mike Tomlin, he is a master motivator. He is a guy that can motivate anyone. What do players love the most about him? It's that he can get anyone on board. In the words from Tommy Boy, which is the gifts that I've been using on this Tuesday mailbag tweet, <laughs> with Tommy's dad, old old Tom, he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. That's Mike Tomlin. He can sell it all. He can give you what you need. Okay? So I but there's certain parts of him that I wish he would say, you know what, I need some help. I need some help. I gotta figure something out. I wish he would. I don't think he will. I don't think you have to have an offensive-minded coach like Colin Cowherd said, but I think that it's okay to say, like, hey, Byron Leftwich, we need some help here. We need some help, man. Come on in. No one else wants you. I'll take you. Be a pass game coordinator. Help us out on the offensive side of the ball as a senior offensive assistant, just like Brian Flores was a senior defensive assistant. I think that it's okay. Just my thoughts. Aiden Blaine. Hey, Jeff, what is your most prized possession of Steelers memorabilia? Oh, that's a good question. Um, My most prized possession. Uh, I would say there's two things. They're both jerseys. Um, There was a jersey. It was my first Ben Roethlisberger jersey. It's an away jersey. It's an old replica Reebok. His rookie year from 2004, my wife got it for me. It was a gift. And we couldn't find him anywhere. I mean, if you remember when Ben Roethlisberger was – a rookie. I mean, his jerseys were just like flying off the shelves. I mean, flying off the shelves. And it's a situation where I just have always treasured that jersey because it came from my wife, and it was his, Ben's rookie year. I've actually never washed it. Maybe it sounds gross. It kind of is, but still, that's one. And the other one is a Heinz Ward jersey. It's the replicas, the, the gold helmet, uh, those old those throwbacks. Uh, and that was one I've never even worn this, but I have it. I want to. I'd love to get it framed at some point. Um, that was my friend uh, Chris's who passed away. I've talked about him before. He passed away from ALS. He was a Steeler fan, and that was the jersey he always wore. And so when we went and saw the Steelers and Bengals play on Sunday Night Football in 2013, uh, he wore that jersey. And when he'd come up to watch games, even when he was wheelchair bound and even when he couldn't move, like he wore that jersey. So I have that jersey. I'll never get rid of that jersey. That jersey means a lot to me. So those two, those are two things. So thank you, Aiden. Good question. 
All right, let's go to the last one from Believers. Welcome back, Believers. I actually reached out to him on Twitter. Um, he and I did not see eye to eye with the quarterback situation in 2022. I wanted to make sure there was no hard feelings, that we're all entitled to our opinion. He said, hey, we're all good, and he's back, and I'm glad he's back. Believers is back. And his question is, with the cap going up $20 million and a new front office during the draft and free agency, do you expect a very similar-looking offseason, or – do you expect them to be drastically different and much more active, meaning moving up and down the draft trades, targeting a top-tier player in free agency? And then he uses a great Chris Farley gift, with the, you know, the motivational speaker. It's go time. So thank you, believers, for the question. I think the Steelers actually could be doing things a lot different. And I think Omar Khan is a guy that wants to do things his way, not necessarily the way Kevin Colbert uh, wants to do them. And so Omar Khan might be more willing to trade a draft pick or dra- trade back in the draft. It's going to be a, they're going to have to have a semblance here. You know, it's going to be Mike Tomlin, Andy Weedle, and even Art Rooney II are going to have to be able to all agree on their approach to certain things. And that includes trades and in the draft, that includes how they spend free agent dollars, that includes how they do contracts. Um, and and that, that's all of it. So they're going to have to have this meeting of the minds. They're all going to have to agree. But I, I'm expecting at least an open mind because I felt like in my time covering the team that with Kevin Colbert, it, it, he did not have that. He didn't have that open mind. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that things are different and different for the better. Good to have you back, believers. All right, folks, good questions. Really great questions this time. As always, they're never bad. All right, on Friday, I'm going to be back. I think Jerome Betts will be joining me. I'll have to double-check on that, but we'll have the All Bets Are Off segment. We'll talk about – I'm not talking about the Pro Bowl. We'll talk about something else. But anyways, we are going to get into all of that, probably the playoffs, so make sure you check that out on Friday. You know how we finished out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Here's you. Much